The government received an early Christmas gift this week with a big boost in corporation tax receipts. This follows three months of steady decline, which had sparked concerns that Ireland's long tax boom might be over. Taxes are like the bloodlines of an economy. If it's booming, taxes usually roll in. If the economy is slowing, you can expect taxes to slow too. With November alone pulling in 6.3 billion euro in corporation tax for the state, that's up 27% on the same month last year. So what's behind the sudden bounce back? Here's Cliff Taylor to explain. There's no doubt, I mean, I suppose standing back from it, that a lot of these payments are not related to activity carried out in Ireland. They're related to money coming into Ireland from elsewhere in the world, much of which eventually leaves Ireland in dividends to American parent companies. We get a little slice off the top of it. And that's what makes it unpredictable, I suppose. So, you know, it is a surprise that all the experts and all the tax accountants and and politicians, etc., were got the November trend completely wrong. Nobody Mm. saw this jump coming. But the reason that happens is because you're dealing with huge amounts of money moving around the world. This record haul comes against a backdrop of slowing global growth and tighter financial conditions. So what can we read into the latest figures? And what will it mean for Ireland's economy in 2024? There's inherent volatility there. It was on the weak side for the past three months. It's on the upside uh, in the case of November, which is, of course, welcome. But it just reminds me once again of the importance of prudence, being careful with these receipts. We cannot rely on them into the future. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, what the latest corporation tax bonanza means for the Irish economy. Cliff, I think most of us economics civilians have a fairly good idea what exchequer returns are. It's basically Ireland's income, what the country takes in from a variety of taxes. It's announced every month. And while the talk of, you know, billions and billions of euro, it's just too abstract for people to take in. But everyone understands trends. And there was a lot of worry about this November's returns. Why? So the concern was that we had three bad months on corporation tax, October, September, August, when it was down on the previous year. And while there were clearly once-off company-related factors, or it appeared there were in those figures, the fact that three months in a row were bad had led people to expect that lower profits, particularly in the pharma sector, were going to lead to another dodgy month in November, if you like. And in turn, that was going to put the exchequer finances under a bit of pressure this year and heading into next year. In the event, the opposite happened. Everyone was taken by surprise. In November of last year, five billion in corporation tax was collected. I think two or three weeks ago, if you'd asked anyone in the Department of Finance or government, would they take five billion? Would they take that again this year? They would have bitten your hand off. The expectation was, as I say, that it would fall. In fact, it came in at 6.3 billion, taking everyone by surprise. So budget targets, we're under pressure now, look likely they're going to be met. But I mean, economic policy isn't built, you know, month by month, presumably, sure. you know, surely a longer view is taken. So as we wrap up the year, it's December now. And remember that we heard at the start of this year, I think maybe one of the last times you were in here, you were talking about the, the budget surplus. We're going to be yeah. bulging with money, the massive budget surplus. So are we still on track for that, despite the three months of wobbles? Yeah, we are now with the figures having 
come back on track, I suppose, and, and the kind of existential worry was if they hadn't, well, what, what would that have meant not only for this year, but for next year and the year after? And very difficult to know. But yes, we are. So there will be a budget surplus of over 8 billion this year, which is 3% of national output. The budget target is for roughly the same next year. Overspending in health and some other areas might put that under a bit of pressure, but, you know, it looks it looks plausible, you might say. And uh, big surpluses then penciled in for the couple of years after that. Now, I suppose in an environment where, you know, it's hard to know what's going to happen next month, never mind next year, we want to take the longer term figures with a lot of caution. And we have seen over the last few months how corporation tax can shoot upwards and downwards. All that being said, the public finances are still in a strong position, still looking at surpluses over the next year or two. And I think that is politically important as well as economically important because with the general election coming up, it does seem there might be enough in the kitty for a reasonably generous budget if the coalition decides to hold on till then and uh, and have one, one last budget and then go to the country. Okay, so we'll just talk about the, the three pillars of the taxes, if you like. So sure. we'll talk about the corporate tax. I suppose a lot of people, when they hear to corporate, we're actually talking about multinationals, aren't we? Um, well, we're talking about all, all the companies in the country, mm. all the profitable ones, but you're right, the vast bulk of the money comes from multinationals. And the vast bulk, in fact, comes from three, four, five multinationals who pay more than half of all the corporations. Who are they, Cliff, actually? Well, we don't know because tax payment is confidential. We could guess that there are a couple of big pharma and tech companies, the likes of Microsoft, Pfizer, Apple, would be three of the big names, I think, that would be fairly safely in any list. Where not only are we reliant, I suppose, on those sectors and the health of those sectors, but we're reliant on the health and performance of those companies and the decisions they make in their headquarters in California, New York State, wherever the various headquarters are. So that is the exposure, I suppose, that number one, some of these companies start to have a bad year or have a bad couple of years. The new iPhone doesn't sell, whatever, you know, Mm. whatever scenario you want to draw up or that they decide they're going to change the way they manage their taxes and change the way they funnel money around the world to Ireland's disadvantage. Now, the figure for corporate taxes for November, when compared with the same month last year, it's up something like, is it 27%? Mm, yeah, Like, that's massive. Like, is it, is it not too massive? Is it not, <laughs> is it not too good to be true? Are people yeah. not nervous when they saw that? That's huge. Yeah, certainly, I think, you know, within the Minister for Finance and maybe the department would probably have settled for a more modest more modest rise because we don't want to talk about leprechaun economics we don't no, want to go no, down that road again but, but like yeah, 27% there is, there's no doubt I mean I suppose standing back from it there's no doubt that a lot of the tax payment and this is why experts department officials and the financial council and the central bank and Uncle Tom Cobley and everyone is worried about this that a lot of these payments are not related to activity carried out in Ireland okay they're related to money coming into Ireland from elsewhere in the world much of which eventually leaves Ireland in dividends to American parent companies. So we get a little slice off the top of it. And that's what makes it unpredictable, I suppose. So, it, you know, it is a surprise that all the experts and all the tax accountants and, and politicians, etc., were got the November trend completely wrong. Nobody mm. saw this jump coming. But the reason that happens is because you're dealing with huge amounts of money moving around the world. You're dealing with companies that are still making huge profits. And in terms of the pharma sector, while it did take a big hit, sorry, hit is the wrong word, but it, profits surged during COVID-19 and have fallen back since. But it seems like in general that hasn't had the the big hit on Irish tax payments that had been expected. It was the reason for 
for the October figures being bad and, and that would appear to relate to Pfizer and we're only adding two and two together here on the, on the terms of when we think companies pay tax. But, but you're right that the huge increase has left you know, people in government and people particularly in the Department of, of Finance worried because they're concerned that this could go not as quickly as it came, but it, a lot of it could dissipate quickly. And uh, that's the argument for putting this money aside rather than spending it on day-to-day things like health and, and welfare and, and education because the bills are there and then if the money disappears, you're, you're in trouble. And speaking of how these huge multinationals manage their tax, the tax landscape is going to change next year because yeah. corporation tax is going to increase. Now, does that necessarily mean that the tax take will automatically in- rise, you know, because there doesn't seem to have been, or has there been, an exodus of multinationals looking for t- a yeah. cheaper tax regime somewhere else in the world? Well, they won't find a cheaper one now. They'll struggle to find it because most countries are signed up to the 15%. There is comings and goings over getting that whole thing bedded down, but but broadly, 15% is still a low rate by international standards. So I don't think companies are going to move. So yes, I think it is going to be a factor increasing tax payments here. It won't show up in next year's figures because it takes a while to to kick in in terms of when companies make their profit reports, etc. But it is a factor that's going to increase taxes here over the next few years. So can we talk about income tax? So that's corporation tax. Now, November is important because as well as the usual PAYE tax take, it's when self-employed people Mm. pay their taxes. What happened there? Yeah, pretty good returns there. We may get more information from the revenue commissioners, you know, in the months ahead on, on the breakdowns, etc. But we have the top line figure now, which shows a very solid trend, 7.2 or 3% up, 7.3% up year on year. If you look at the first 11 months of the year, a little lower in November, 6% up. I think it's reflective of a strong jobs market. We know that unemployment remains low. The latest figures show it increasing a little bit last month, but still below 5%, which is still a healthy position. Employment has been increasing. Wages have been increasing in a lot of sectors. So that all means higher taxes. So despite the the tech layoffs, which have probably taken a bit of a hit to income tax, overall, the position is still pretty good. Experts have noted that the growth rate has slowed a bit as the year has gone on. The jobs market appears to be kind of topping out, you might say. No big signs of, of, of layoffs are, are unemployment shooting upwards, but the domestic sector is under a bit of pressure. So interesting to see where that goes next year. Okay, so we'll talk now about the third pillar, the third element in the exchequer returns, and that's VAT, essentially. Value-added tax, VAT, basically everyone pays tax on just about everything we buy or or service that we engage in. What happened in November? Yeah, it's well up year on year, but the the November increase was, was, was quite small at 1%. I think that's telling us two things. One is that inflation is uh, is easing back because inflation is kind of a silent tax collector for the government because if the price of something you're buying has gone up by 10%, well, the VAT on taking that is going to go up as well. So the inflation rate is certainly falling. The other thing I think is that, and we've seen this in the retail figures as well, consumers are getting more cautious. There's no doubt that there's a slowdown underway now in the consumer sector, I think. Interesting to see how it pans out over December now. Will people kind of take off the shackles for December and spend, spend, spend and pull in the horns of the new year or, or will they be a little more cautious this year? The sign certainly from talking to people in the retail sector, people in the service sector, is that consumers are, are being more cautious and I think these VAT figures 
reflect that for sure. And is that across the board or is it just big ticket items? Particularly big ticket items, I think, but but also across the board. Uh, for example, talking to uh, to somebody who runs a lot of service stations around the country and a as we know, those service stations make money now from people spending on other things, chocolate bars and cups coffee, of coffee and all yeah. that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, sandwiches. The discretionary element of that spending has fallen back a bit in, in his view quite significantly. So still see the kind of older, wealthier consumer pulling up in the BMW w- willing to spend a bit, but the, the more straightened general population just being a little more cautious with the money they spend. I mean, people have been squeezed, Bernice, as we know. They've been sure. squeezed by higher energy prices. Sure. And while, Mortgage repayments, and everything. Just about to say, squeezed, yeah. by, squeezed by higher interest rates. Mm. And while there's been a bit of better news on energy prices and, and bills have come down a bit, they're still a lot higher than they were. So there's a lot of people who have, uh, for whom cash is a lot tighter now than, than it would have been. It's bound to have an effect. Coming up, I'll continue my conversation with Cliff Taylor after this short break. So can we look at this in a broader context, in the global context? Some major banks and analysts, they expect global economic growth to ease further Mm. in 2024. And, you know, that's the squeeze, elevated interest rates, energy prices and the slowdown in the world's two largest economies. Now, the global economy is forecast to grow by 2.9% this year. That's according to Reuters. And Reuters predict that next year's growth will slow to 2.6%. Where are we in this? Where's Ireland in this? The problem with Ireland is that our economic figures are so upside down that it's kind of hard to put in context. You saw the headlines recently about a technical recession. Now, Yeah, I didn't understand that. Yeah. Because, and it also, it was a headline and then it came and went. And you'd think, I wait know. a second, if somebody's mentioned recession, I know, hold yeah. on. The big R word. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah pull back. what does that mean? The problem is that our economic figures are, are I guess, completely messed up. So... A technical recession is coming from the fact that there's been a big fall in exports mainly. And again, that's mainly from the pharma sector. And we spoke about that before. And some of that has kind of limited enough links back to the domestic economy and actual activity in the economy. So if you kind of strip all that out, our domestic economy is still is still growing and you know may grow by a couple of percent this year. Though its growth rate has slowed in recent months as well. So I think well, we tend to dismiss the technical recession. Ah, it's all nonsense. That's all those old GDP figures, so they're all nonsense. And to an extent they are. We shouldn't miss the fact that the overall, the economy we all live in has slowed a bit as well. The jobs market is is slowing. Hiring is slowing a bit. Income growth is, is under pressure. Spending power is under pressure. We've been used to the story of Ireland outperforming. And I suppose these corporate tax figures will kind of perpetuate that mm. for a while yet. And we have outperformed. But maybe next year is going to be the year when we we move more back into the into the pack, if you like, because you can't keep you can't keep uh, racing ahead forever. Which I think I suppose gets to what uh, the Minister of Finance Michael McGrath said about these figures. Like he, there was no jumping up and down. These figures, as <laughs> yeah. you say, they they outperformed all expectations. Exchequer now, few we're back on track, but there was no great flag waving yeah, yeah. from from the Department of Finance. In fact, Michael McGrath he warned. He said. The era of persistent overperformances is coming to an end. He's what do you right. mean? Well, what he meant was that every year they've lowballed their forecast for corporation tax, partly because nobody knows, you know, nobody anticipated the rate it was going to grow at, and also partly because it was a nice story for the government every year to beat their budgets targets. 
uh, and it suited the Department of Finance, you know, to maybe keep a little bit of mystery around how much money was going to come in this year. So we've had this massive overperformance. I mean, if you go back to 2015, 16, we were collecting whatever, four billion a year in corporation tax. And it's now up, it'll be 23 and a half probably this year, depending on what comes in Huge. in December. That is just, you know, extraordinary. As I say, each year, the targets were beaten and beaten hugely. And that's what Michael McGrath is referring to. So while we're all focusing on the November figures and how amazing they were, the reality is that after the previous three months, we'll, we'll just about come in on target this year, probably on corporation tax. So that's what he means. We've beaten our target every year by, by billions. This year, despite a big jump in, 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 in November, it, it'll probably come in just about on target. So the government's had this Christmas bonus, if you like, every After year. After the fright of the three months yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it'll come in on target, but it won't. it's not going to be way ahead of target as it has been just about every year since 2015, 2016. Well, COP28, it's just about still going on, wrapping up now in Dubai. And we've seen what's happened in the UK, I suppose, that the Prime Minister there, Sunak, he is pulling back on spending on green issues because he's saying cost of living crisis. So, you know, do we in a sense now have the opposite situation? Are we making sufficient plans for the threat of climate change in our economic planning, given that we have this money? Short, a long answer short, no, we're not. I mean, it's, it's interesting, first of all, to see these the climate issue become part of the kind of, I don't know, what the culture wars or whatever, isn't it? That mm. It could be politically beneficial to a prime minister like Rishi Shunak to, to pull back on mm. this and, and, and Labour to feel nervous about opposing him in that. Isn't that, isn't yeah. that interesting and, and slightly worrying? But in Ireland, there is money set aside in, in the funds that they are now planning to establish for, for climate issues. So that's good. But the Fiscal Council has repeatedly made the point that we haven't really got serious about this in terms of plotting out what this is going to cost us over the next five or ten years and what it's going to mean for the budget and and setting the money aside. We have these plans to spend money, but we haven't really worked out yet how we're going to pay for it. Wind energy, the transition there... That huge loss of revenue from areas like motor taxation as the fleet changes over to electric, assuming we can achieve that. And the need for massive investment in areas like the electricity grid. So, you know, there, there are issues there, issues of pace as well as cost. Mm, well, pace next year is going to be different because 2024 is election year. Yeah. In about, I don't know, 40 countries, certainly the UK, US, yeah. maybe here. What impact does that usually have on individual economies? Is an election a destabilising thing or is it a, a confirming thing? Like, what, what happens? Yeah. It's a complicated one, Bernice. I remember when Trump got elected the first time and there was a bit of nervousness in the markets before and everyone says, oh, the dollar is going to fall, the markets are going to fall, US economic confidence is going to collapse and, and that just didn't happen. So it's, it's, it's a hard one to call. You could expect, I suppose, incumbent governments heading up to an election to avoid hard decisions, to kick cans down the road, to spend a bit more money, to avoid any increases in tax or anything that might be vaguely unpopular to anybody all the, you know, all the time over the next few months. And I think we're going to see that here as well. So politics is going to go into a bit of a, into a, bit of a funk, probably already started. You know, if the government says X and Sinn Féin says, well, you should have done double X, 
and uh, the government does one and a half times X a few months later and, you know, it just gets bid up all the time. And I think these exchequer figures probably mean that that's going to continue because had the figures been bad, and this is probably why Michael McGraw was looking a little bit uh, in two minds as he came out talking about it, had the figures been bad, well, he and Pascal who the spending minister, could say to their cabinet colleagues and to the opposition and to the public, well, look, things are a bit tighter now. We need to be a bit more careful. That narrative is not going to sell now. And it's not going to sell crucially within the cabinet room. Any expectation that was going to be pulled in now are that uh, Donoghue and McGrath would have the firepower or the political backup from the figures to allow that to happen. I think that's probably gone now. It'll be full out on spend, election spend. day. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much, Cliff. Thanks, Bernice. That's it for today. For more economic analysis from Cliff Taylor, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by Suzanne Brennan. In the news, we'll be back tomorrow.